the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield. Strewn with the debris of a fallen world, it challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. Step into a new day. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us for the next 30 minutes as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection, on spiritual combat, and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome. What an amazing show we have for you today as we begin this journey together to understand more clearly the context of our faith and to courageously bring that faith to this troubled world. I'm here in the studio with my wingman, Christy Stratton, and our amazing producer, Mike. Christy wanted me to say she was a wingwoman, but a hundred years of naval aviation tradition won't permit that. So on this Saturday morning, I picture you in the midst of your routines, taking kids to school, working in the garage, running errands, and I'm just so grateful that we have this time and this opportunity. This morning, I'm wondering, have you ever asked what is loving in a particular situation or has God planned this meeting or is it a distraction or am I allowing what should be resisted or resisting what should be encouraged or even simpler have you ever wondered should you send an angry email or should you respond to the guy who cut you off in traffic or should you really post that on Facebook these questions are all very reasonable as we strive to be good Christians but what if it's bigger than that Christianity is not what we do for an hour on Sunday. It's the hope and the context for all that we do and do not do. It's the intersection of our faith in the world. And it's a battlefield. And that's what we're talking about today. Courageous Christianity is about these choices and millions more, made with intention each day on a spiritual battlefield according to God's truth and the Bible. It's about showing our forgiving, righteous, and loving God to a struggling world in hopes of leading them to Jesus and the peace that can only be found in Him. It's about living in and speaking truth to a world that would rather hear lies. Today we're going to begin unraveling the complexities of this complex ground and the good that we can do with courageous Christianity. As a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views and they do not necessarily represent the Department of the Navy or the Department of Defense. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, though things seem dark, help us to shine a bright light on the world around us. Help us to put on your full armor that we may be able to stand against the devil's schemes. Help us, O Lord, not to wrestle against flesh and blood, but to be kind to one another. 
For all who hear these words, we ask to have understanding and in that understanding to be emboldened in righteous action, compassionate and loving, yet firm and courageous. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Christy, how are you? I'm excited, Richard. <laughs> I'm very excited. I'm First, I don't know that I've ever been a wingman or a wingwoman. Um, I know, I'm a wingman. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but I'm really excited for you to see you being able to walk out your faith in God, um, walk out your mission for God, and this show being that vehicle to share with the listeners. So I'm, sure, I'm excited for the listeners because in the time that I've gotten to know you and understand you know, a small bit about what you, your mission for God is, is, is something that's spoken to me and spoken to my heart and has already in this short amount of time drawn me closer to God. And um, I'm in by serving with you, the listeners, I'm being able to further walk out my mission for God. And that's yeah. really kind of what it's all about us doing that together. And so I'm excited to learn from you and um, I'm excited about the journey. I really am, too. We have such opportunity as Christians, and I worry that we shy away from that very opportunity where our faith meets this troubled world on this critical ground, and we worry, is this a Christ-like thing to do? Is this not? Should we do this? Should we say this? Will I cause offense? And in many ways... Our faith is about that offense, that ground, that conflict, and how we walk that conflict out. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm tremendously excited also. I'm curious, what do you think comes to most Christians' minds when you say spiritual warfare? Oh, you know, that's a, that's a big question. And um, I'll have to say in preparing for the show to be your wingman, Um, is I did a little research on spiritual warfare myself and what's out there on the, you know, internet out there. I Googled it. I always laugh when we say that's new, you know, verb, Google, not new. It's been around a while, but I I got a lot of different um, meanings and so forth. And I think, you know, I tend to look at different words in different ways, the super kind of the superficial way. um, And then maybe a little bit deeper, but, you know, I think it's, I, I unfortunately think it's two words that are thrown out there a lot and may not really be understood, the deep, deep meaning. So um, is what, you know, we're going to be stepping into is that battleground and, and all of those places. But it's, so I guess I come around and I say, I don't know that people really know. And then again, yeah. why I would be excited about the show is to really help people understand that, you know, place that they're in of struggle and and what are the greater forces that are happening there right i look at it on this narrow road that leads to christ we're walking in faith and people who don't know who are in the darkness are walking toward us and rather than standing our ground and shining god's light on them and helping them come to a decision that there's something beyond their struggle we dive out of the way into the ditch, hoping not to give offense and watch them throw themselves off a spiritual cliff. Yeah. And 
the world has us backing up when we should have the world backing up. And so I believe if we understand this ground better, we will have the discernment required to walk out our faith. So I agree with you. I think most people think of it as spiritual warfare, the guy in the bar, don't have too many drinks, porn, sex, all of those things. The devil's coming to get you. It's a very defensive perspective on things. Mm -hmm. We forget that defense is part of it. Protect your walk with God. Right. But all of that prepares you for offense, yeah. which is to put the world to a decision. And uh, interestingly, I was talking to my sister and I said, put the world to a decision. Mm-hmm. And she got real quiet. And I said, what do you, what's the matter? And she says, well, you don't put the world to a decision. You can't decide for them. And I said, no, that's not what I mean. What I mean is <clears throat> help them come to a decision be the light that shines into the darkness that causes them to question their daily struggle, ask if there's something else, and give the Holy Spirit the opportunity to guide them. Because we know Scripture says, nobody comes to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, Mm -hmm. and at the same time, nobody comes to the Father but through me. Right. And so... Ours is the shining of the light on this ground, the courage to stand firm in our faith. Ephesians chapter 6, which talks in its last uh, bit about spiritual warfare, probably the clearest discussion of spiritual warfare, talks about uh, put on the full armor of God. Mm -hmm. Stand your ground with the shield of faith and uh, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So... This world has become very confusing. Very, I think, uh, very, <laughs> to I say think that lightly. struggling, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. one of the reasons it's become confusing is that if you take apart spiritual warfare, mm-hmm. we said there's offense and defense. Right. We realize that it's under the umbrella of good versus evil. Right. So the devil's trying to overthrow God's kingdom, and we're in the light. Scripture says... The light came into the world, but men preferred darkness over the light Mm -hmm. because their deeds were evil. So what people don't realize is this is a place of spiritual warfare called cognitive warfare, Ah. which is a fight over the truth. It's a battle for the truth. When the battle between good and evil began in Genesis chapter 3, verse 2, the serpent whispered to Eve, Did God really say not to eat from the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? He didn't come out and say, "Uh, God's a liar. Mm -hmm. Nothing he's saying is right. And it's all these small concessions to the truth that end up with people completely confused about what is the truth and or making up their own truth. We live in a society where parents tell children what sex they can be. Right. We we don't we don't know the truth because we don't go back to the Bible. There's a couple things that, as you're saying this, I'm just kind of really heard that this light. Um, what we're end up being, ending up doing is not leading with the light because we're in fear, and so we're actually diminishing our light. So and and so that's just a really tough place to be. And and you know you you and I've talked off air before about you know if you you don't even have the light. 
i.e. faith, what sort of world are we in, right? And where I think a lot of the things that I think are just so amazing about the show is, uh, and and what you're wanting to do is given your background as, um, you know, with cognitive warfare, with, as you said, put on the armor of God, you, there's, there's so many different meanings in here that we can dive in. And you've got a different perspective with your background as a colonel right. in the Marines. And that's, a, but with a, a, a man of faith, a man of God, and helping people see this battle and how they can walk through this right. battle in a little bit of a different way. And, and I know that you've walked through that in your book called Courageous Christianity as well. A forty-day devotional to, uh, well, and I'm not saying it exactly right, but right makes right might. makes might. Right. Forty days to courageous Christianity. Yes. You're exactly right. So tell us a little bit more. I'm just really curious about, you know, where you see the layering in with your um, experience as a Marine and the battle that we face every day. Yeah, I came back from my first tour to Afghanistan, which was my second tour in two years. I was. Uh, a team leader for a border advisor team. And so counterinsurgency was our mission. We were training host nation forces. We lived on this little combat outpost in the middle of uh, the Garmshire district of Helmand province. Mm -hmm. And I came back to the U.S. and I saw so many similarities to what we'd just been doing in Afghanistan. And I thought, okay, this mess that we're in, is no accident. Forces have perpetrated this cognitive warfare campaign so that very good people are struggling and confused. People who want to raise good families and good children. And uh, these are not crazy people. They are people who little by little, bite by bite, lie by lie, twist by twist, have been led down this road. And going back to the offense and defense, there's mm-hmm. a scripture that I love, John, uh, the book of John chapter 1, I believe verse 5, the NIV translation, the New International Version translation says, the light shines in darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The King James translation of the same passage says, the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Mm. And I so don't like the NIV translation because, and the darkness has not overcome it. We're not waiting to be overcome. No. Yeah, that's a good point. We are to the King James translation, which is, and the darkness comprehended it not. Well, we can shine a light on that darkness. I'm not sitting here on this combat outpost in the middle of nowhere waiting to be overrun. No. (laughs) And I think a lot of Christians are feeling um, very defensive about their faith. Yeah. Because the world has said, we'll tolerate you on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday, I don't want to hear about it. Right. And the opposite is true. In love, put that person to a decision. Mm -hmm. Shine that light. Cause them to question things. And so when people hear that, put them to a decision, and I know you said even these words of, I'm not saying it exactly that way, that's not what I mean, right? But that, I I say that a lot in the work that I do is lead by example. But we're, I'm even getting there that many of us, and myself included, 
we're afraid to lead by example because we think that if I, you know, one of the things I do is teach classes around the state of Texas. If I mention anything about faith and God that, you know, I might lose my job. Right? And that's just a, that's a very contentious place to be when, and so walk our faith out, be that courageous Christian. And, you know, and you're being courageous for bringing this show to reality where people can hear it. And I really think it's going to help them shine light on that darkness. Um, and, and bring, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so because we are surrounded by a world that isn't happy to have us here. But, but the irony is 70% of the United States says that they're Christian. Mm. 15 years ago, 80% said that they were Christian. Okay. On any given Sunday, 20% are in church. Mm. So there is a disconnect. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the disconnect is this, just to make sure that we're saying it very clearly. You bring your faith to your secular pursuits, to everything you do. Yeah. And let the world react. Mm. But to fear offending the world so as not to bring your faith is for them to put you to a decision. Yeah. So right now, the world is putting Christians to a decision where supposedly the majority, and what has us back on our heels is the fact that we don't understand. Look, this critical ground is God's classroom. Yep. If we stand firm in our faith, learning is going to take place. Somebody's going to be teaching. Somebody's going to be learning. Mm-hmm. And we're going to walk away more knowledgeable. And as, in that classroom, to, I'm curious, like, what are, are there, I'm the, you know, I, I always say this for, for me personally, right. if I can affect one person positively by them looking at my walk and going, okay, there's something that this person has. I want to, I want to find out about it. Right. Tiny baby steps. Those are different things that I can do. I can have conversations. I can say I'm a woman right. of faith. I can do those sorts of things. But, you know, a lot of people I'm thinking out there who are listening, they're they're hearing what you're saying. They're totally agreeing. Like, I get it. Like, but how do I do this? How do I put that warrior, that armor? Uh, uh, great, great point. First, with who and what you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like profanity. Me neither. And... I used to be made fun of uh, saying... Um, I would say little things like darn when one of my first right. jobs out of college, my boss right. would make fun of me. He was like, I wish you would just swear. I'm like, I don't swear. <laughs> right. And what's funny is you're made to feel even in the workplace, which is yeah. supposed to be professional. You're made to feel like you're wrong because mm-hmm. you don't want to hear profanity. Well, this is the workplace. My dad used to say a really fun word. Dag nabbit. Right. <laughs> so my point is first and foremost, the yeah. way you conduct yourself. Ex- okay. That's and, good. And, and, you're being real, you're being normal, but y- people know what you believe and what you stand for. Mm-hmm. Um, silence is consent. Mm, you promote what powerful. you permit. Think yeah. about that. You promote what you permit. So if you don't want to hear it, you're allowed to say, I don't want to hear that. The world has no problems with saying, I don't want to hear the word God. That's true. That's a really okay, big Okay, well, your right to be you doesn't supersede my right to be me. Yeah. And so I'm not angry. I'm just saying I'm going to be me. I'm going to be me in an ethical, loving sense. I'm going to be me such that you ask questions. What's up with you? Yeah. 
and then we're going to have a conversation. Right. I'm going to tell you what's up with me. I wake up and I'm loved by God, the creator of the universe. Unconditional love. In Jesus, I'm freed from the sin and the fear that we drag around with us. Mm-hmm. And I'm brought into a one-on-one relationship with the creator of the universe. And I'm going to read his guidance, his word as a loving father. And then I'm going to walk that out the best I can. And mm-hmm. if you ask me, I'm going to be able to articulate it. Right. But first and foremost, it's in our walk. So if you're pulling off the church parking lot and cutting people off, hanging out the window with the finger going and so forth, I think you may have missed the point. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's not just going to Sunday, a church on Sunday, as, as I think you've said. It's uh, every day those steps that you take along the way to conduct yourself. And again, silence, as you said, is consent, which is really powerful. And I know that's what courageous Christianity is about. Right. It's it's about us coming together collectively with, you know, your words and all the other people who are kind of walking the similar path from you know, Dr. Rick Warren and all those people who are out there, again, being courageous together and walking that. And so inspiring them right. to do that. It's very challenging to be a Christian. Literally everything about it ha- has a duality. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're spirits. We're spiritual beings, and we're in the flesh. We're between heaven and earth. Uh, We serve Jesus, and we can't be spectators and serve, but by the same token, we have rules. So it's kind of like in combat. You have rules of engagement. Why? Because you wrestle with pigs. You both get muddy. They like it, and a bystander doesn't know who's the good guy and who's the bad guy because everybody's covered in mud. Yeah. So... uh, Friends, we've been talking about spiritual warfare and the battlefield that we face each day as Christians and the opportunity represented in that battlefield. And to just make it plain, beneath all of this is love, real love, love for which seeks first God's truth and foremost as it lifts up and prepares his children for the very real conflict between heaven and the world. It's easy to go to church on Sunday and to think of ourselves as Christians, but we've been entrusted with so much more. Uh, Luke chapter 12, verse 48 says, From whom much is given, much is expected, and from whom much is entrusted, even more will be asked. We have been given so much, and we have to deliver on that promise because good people are struggling, and they're watching what we as Christians do. So we have to do do more than call ourselves Christians. We have to be Christians, and we have to do so on this difficult battlefield. So three points, just as we... Uh, come toward the end of the show. Point number one, genuinely, you cannot serve two masters. It's them or us. It's the devil or God. You have to push the devil out to make room for God. Never underestimate the enemy. He's a liar. He's good at his job. Good people are genuinely struggling, and they didn't get there by accident. And that's because evil is always worse than you think it is. I'm not being an alarmist. I'm being a realist. Point number two, we have to have a plan, and that plan is the truth. In everything we do, we have to reference God's truth. Otherwise, we're just making it up as we go along, and we can become as bad as uh, the liars and the twisters. Um, We can become our own cognitive warfare. So it really is in the Word of God. It's in His Bible. You have to read it to, to understand it and speak it. And 
Um, remember, the first thing Jesus did in his ministry was to contend with the devil in the wilderness, and he did that by Scripture. Uh, the last point, point three, is that the fight is offensive and defensive in nature. We have to protect our relationship with God first and foremost. I have to get up in the morning. I have to spend time with my Bible and in prayer. Otherwise, I have a very difficult time contending with the world. It's just like in combat. Before you go outside the wire, you have to have a plan. Otherwise, the enemy is going to have a field day with you. So, Christy, thoughts? You know, just again, just so excited. I, I, I can see the journey um, that's going to unfold here and how this is really going to help people bring that courageous out. I mean, the whole class, the show is Courageous Christianity. So thanks for having me as your wingman. Absolutely. Thanks for being here, folks. I want to leave you with a quote from A.W. Tozer in his book, The Knowledge of the Holy. True religion confronts earth with heaven and brings eternity to bear on time. Friends, God does this through each of us. If you want to know more about spiritual warfare from the military perspective, please read my book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. It's available on Kindle and at rightmakesmight.com. God bless and semper fi.